0: hello my fellow fallible humans welcome to the red roof recovery show this is a program to soften the path of recovery from substance and behavioral addictions my name is tanya mcintyre and i am joined today by my partner of 30 plus years in marriage bliss sir lancelot i call him Lance. thanks so much for being here with me
1: you're welcome my love We're in different
0: parts of the house now doing this on Zoom. Are are we okay for sound? Because you have such a low vocal tone compared to my blustering voice. So I'm going to try to um, not make much work for the sound engineers at 98.5 CKWR. (laughs) Rob must get this show and roll his eyes saying, oh, no, I got to try to balance the sound of their voices. So, thanks very much to the community radio station in Kitchener, Ontario, for continuing to support and encourage this uh, passion of mine talking about recovery. I came out of the proverbial closet of my drug and alcohol addictions <laughs> not until about um, 2018 when I found something called SMART Self Management and Recovery Training. Uh, because I had been a 12-stepper for eight, nine years prior to that, chronically relapsing, and I needed to find an alternative. A lot of my peers weren't returning from their relapses and 12-step programs, and I knew it was going to just be a matter of time before I didn't return from one of mine. So when I did go in search of something in 2018, there wasn't a lot available as secular evidence-based programs of recovery. I resonated with SMART for a few reasons. Um, It was founded by doctors with cognitive therapies. And there are hundreds of tools to choose in recovery. I think the key is just to keep looking until you find something that resonates for you. I still love AA and NA. I still go to 12-step meetings because I love the peer support. And there are more of those meetings available. And the key, again, is to find a meeting that resonates with you. I love the slogans from 12-step programs, take what you need, leave the rest. And that's exactly what I've done because it's an excellent personal development program. I love going through a fourth and fifth step every year with my sponsor. It helps me keep my my audio and my video synchronized, very important, that accountability factor. So today, again, Lancelot, you are helping me not go down the rabbit holes as I tend to do on different topics. What we want to talk about right now is models of recovery and which ones are most effective.
1: Yeah. So first of all, tell us why you came up with the one-week model. Well, I'm glad you asked. It's a very unusual uh, concept, as you've been told many times.
0: It is. And when I first came up with uh, the concept of one week, so first of all, let me just preface this a little bit by saying uh, Red Roof Recovery uh, creates a lot of online uh, programs, but also the specialty for me is to sit one-on-one with somebody who comes, moves in with us for the week. They have their own private space in a self-contained apartment, but we are also residents of the same house. So it's a sober environment. It's an accountability um, process whereby we are immersed in cognitive therapies. Uh, We have the ability to pivot when something doesn't work. So we use uh, not only smart recovery, but also the curriculum of uh, the man who changed my life, Dr. David Burns. He's the, for me, the uh, father of cognitive behavior therapy. He was also the student of Albert Ellis, considered uh, the founder of cognitive therapies. And David took it a step further with something called teen therapy, where we actually test at the end of every day to make sure that the the client is getting what they need. And if you're not, then we can pivot. This is a customized, personalized program. And I think that is key. So when I went into, when we moved from the Waterloo region to the beautiful town of Goderich, Ontario, I needed to create a business plan because I was, unable to go back to the line of work that I was doing. And I thought I want to make this my my vocation now, because this is my passion and it's an integral part of my own recovery journey now too. So I I started to apply for funding to launch a small business. And that's a full-time job in itself, looking for different avenues to even create funding sources. Um, when you don't have a lot of assets to begin with. And there was something in Huron County called the Starter Plus um, grant that was available. It was a $5,000 grant, and it helped me create a business plan around my idea. So I had the idea, and I was encouraged to ask, who is your ideal client? And when I thought more about this, I thought, well, I am my ideal client because I managed my addictions for more than twenty years. I held, um, you know, pretty successful profession in that time. I was one of those people that twelve steppers would call a high bottom addict and alcoholic. Um, smart, thankfully doesn't label people. I am not my addictions. I'm a person challenged with alcohol use disorder and substance use disorder, and I've learned to be accountable for my choices and responsible for the decisions I'm making now through cognitive therapies. And I've just gone down another rabbit hole. Let me try to find my way back up from this one now. And where were we?
1: So you were trying to explain why you came up with a one. (laughs) Thank
0: you. Thank you.
1: Seems to be until (laughs) you got to the point where you're making a business plan. And I presume you veered off when you should have gone
0: straight. Right. So I, yes, defining my ideal client. So I am my ideal client. I was, ne- I was managing my addictions, um, maintaining my profession, just barely. And I didn't want to disclose to my employer or anybody else that I was challenged with addictions. Uh, so I, I wanted to, to go somewhere where I didn't need a 30-day rehab stay. And there was nothing. There was nowhere where I could just take a week or two away from work on holiday and go in to get the help I needed and then go back to work and start my life again. So I thought, you know, everything that I'm learning from people like Dr. David Burns, uh, who I highly recommend you checking out, wonderful resources at feelinggood.com. And his book is uh, one of my favorites, Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy. This is bibliotherapy. I highly recommend that people read this. 60% of people who just read the book for bibliotherapy, um, can have a wonderful start to any recovery journey or um, starting your journey to overcome any mental health disorder, including addictions. So, David Burns said, you know, that the problem with the, the medical um, community that we've created is that we've got very high demand and very little supply. So, as a doctor, um, you know, we're on this 50 minute rotation with patients. And he said, that's not enough time to really create the synergy that's required for healing and recovery. So he said in my 30 plus years of practice now, probably uh, more like 40 years now, he said, I am convinced. And he said, I've proven. And he said, I've got enough evidence to show now though, if I spend two hours of immersive time knee to knee with somebody, I can help them manage or recover from any mental health disorder. Most of them most that, that are not requiring a lot of medically assisted treatment. So things like OCD, um, PTSD, uh, ADHD, mood disorders, personality disorders, things like that. Uh, Getting into something like schizophrenia, that's a whole different ball game. And even someone like Tyler with a developmental disorder, like uh, Williams syndrome, that's our nephew, Tyler. Uh, you know, cognitively, he's five years old in a body that is now 31 years old. And that's that's going to be his reality for the rest of his life. So for me, I think um, that's where the one week came in. I thought, you know, this can be done in one week. Knee to knee with me, uh, really getting to the crux of the issue, right? The addiction is just the symptom. Dr. Gabor Mate said, stop asking why the addiction and start asking why the pain Right? I took drugs and alcohol for two reasons, to numb pain and achieve pleasure. And I'm convinced the more I learn about addictions, that it's everything to do with this dopamine reward axis. That I think um, people who are prone to addiction, it's nothing to do with genetics. Uh, it can have a lot to do with legacy burden, being passed on the pain from our uh, parents and their parents and generation after generation. But I also believe that um, I lost the train of thought, sweetheart. Jesus.
1: So it. you, so the pain reward, and oh, as the pain
0: was- reward, right? So yeah, the the reward center is is broken. That regulation of dopamine. Our brain is a chemical organ running on, a, on about eighty different chemicals. So the imbalance of being able to generate healthy dopamine levels, I think people are biologically vulnerable in a way that we might be born with low um, dopamine levels to begin with. And that makes us biologically vulnerable to addictions because when we start self-medicating things like depression, anxiety, stress, um, you know, PTSD, OCD, ADHD, we start self-medicating that, trying to get the dopamine levels up to a point where we're motivated to even go to work every day, uh, you know, to take care of our hygiene and to to be in a world that is an achievable, ba- oriented world, right? But we're all here on earth to provide and perform. Uh, all the world is a stage. Men and women are merely players, as Shakespeare told us.
1: So without going too far down this, Spur, should we say? I've always found that a strange way of thinking about. It. As someone sitting from the outside looking in, when you say the pain and the pleasure, mm-hmm. now, from the outside, to be honest, it looks like a whole lot of pain and very little pleasure. Exactly, it's short. From where I was sitting, you never really looked that happy when you were drinking. Right. So, you know, when you say it was to increase pleasure and numb pain, I can see the numbing pain, bit. I mean, we've all done it. When I lost my father, I started drinking too much and sought some therapy, had a little chat, got everything off my chest and went back to normal. I'm lucky that way. I don't seem to suffer with an addicted personality if there is such a thing. All my dopamine levels are good, and I just need to vent sometimes. However, you, when you were drinking, as I say, you didn't seem very happy.
0: No. Well, temporarily, I was. It was definitely a short-term benefit for a long-term <laughs> cost, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, getting back to my ideal client and ideal situation around my addiction I'm only sharing with people what's worked for me. And okay. so,
1: so we know that you went into a program that was a 30-day program.
0: Yes, based on 12 steps of AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. So
1: was it the fact that it was based on the 12 steps? It just didn't re- resonate with you? Was it the fact that it wasn't long enough? It was too short? Why do you think it didn't work for you?
0: Well, I think a couple of things didn't resonate for me. Um, It was a group setting. So there were five of us in the place. So thankfully um, I didn't have to share my bathroom um, or bedroom. So I was one of the lucky ones because I came in first However, um, there were people who did have to share a room and a bathroom. And for me, that that would not have been a good thing. And even in a group setting, I didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to be in a a lesson. I didn't want to be going to school every day, going into a room uh, with a book and, you know, feeling like I was back in school. I just didn't resonate with that. Um, Also didn't resonate with the powerlessness. I, you know, I have a very strong type A personality, I'm told. And to tell me that I'm powerless, even though there was enough evidence in my life to to prove that I was very much powerless over my drug and alcohol addictions. I didn't want to be told that. I wanted to be told that I had the power to overcome this. So that was one thing. And the 30 days, did I need 30 days? Who knows? At the time, I always say AA saved my life and Smart Recovery gave me my life back. I needed that um, escape, I think from my life for that length of time. Do I, do I claim now that one week is going to work for everybody? Absolutely not. That's why the intake questionnaire is in depth and a lot of pe- it's not going to work for a lot of people. You need to be highly motivated. Uh, the founder of smart recovery, Dr. Joe Gerstein says there are three crucial components for recovery. Number one, motivation. Number two, motivation number three motivation you have to be motivated and you can't be doing it for anybody else you have to be doing it for you well
1: i don't think that's just for additional recovery i mean to be motivated and keep motivated tends to lend itself to success be it business physical activity anything if you're motivated and you're if you're motivated you're going to be a constant user of tools and that to try and achieve your goal Mm -hmm. so motivation yeah so you know you were you went to 30 days it didn't work for you it worked for some people but we seem to have a model now in most of the world that I can see that it used to be a 30-day program, and most of them are being extended now. We, we have programs 45 and 60 days.
0: Well, because the 30-day program wasn't working, so they thought we'll extend the time then and make it 60, 90, depending on the severity of the addiction, I guess, and that's under the discretion of the doctor who is making those decisions for the most part. And I think where we have um, maybe fallen through the cracks is accepting that recovery takes a long time, right? So we, we adopted this model of recovery based on 30 days in a rehab after having a period of detox for some addictions. You needed a period of detox in an actual hospital setting and then you could go on to a residential rehab to start laying the foundation for your sustainable recovery. But this all came from uh, where back in the day, when things like AA started to be formulated in the mid thirties, uh, we had a military personnel who were unable to do their job because of addictions. So the military decided that uh, their personnel only had 28 days straight that they could take off. So the people who were uh, afflicted with any kind of addiction challenge were then sent to the hospital of, during that era For their 28-day vacation and they were treated for their addiction in the hospital for 28 days and we have kept that model and it doesn't work it simply doesn't work i try to have these conversations with people all the time in in 30-day rehab facilities and i said so where are the outcome studies showing that this works because i said i know people that come into these programs three four times a year on the taxpayer's ticket, uh, to the tune of like $12,000 per person for a 30-day program it was, and that was like four years ago when I was doing my business plan, it's probably doubled now. And there's no accountability. So if you've got the right advocacy working for you, going into these programs three, four times a year, nobody's saying, "Um, how come you're back? Isn't this your like third or fourth time this year? What's going on? Nobody's asking the question. Nobody's coming up with new solutions. They're now extending the time. Our government is throwing money at recovery centers now, hoping that something sticks. Nobody's saying, wait a second, this isn't working. We'd better look at something else. So for me, uh, it's not a great uh, business model, I'm told. So when I when I did my business plan and every, everybody, all of the panel judges, said fantastic idea we encourage that you you know you keep going uh but this is not our cup of tea we're looking for more for brick and mortar retail kind of things and your you know yours is um it's different it's uh, a little revolutionary and it's high risk so that's another thing uh you know once you start talking about recovery with addictions that social stigma it's still the most stigmatized condition on the planet addiction Mm -hmm. um and I don't see it getting better anytime soon. So people don't want to touch it.
1: So do you think? Um, yeah, you know, because what I understand about most rehab clinics, they're they're almost like a
0: a dorm, a college dorm. Based,
1: well, based on an old sanatorium. Mm. So a hospital setting. Right. So do you think people go into this? You know, I'll do this thirty days and I'll be cured, whatever that means.
0: Well, I, I have to say, and I've you know, my recovery journey has um, over a decade now. It started in 2009, and it's not a linear journey. It wasn't, certainly, until the last um, four years for me. So things changed for me. I stopped relapsing uh, when I finally found SMART. In 2018, I became a facilitator, and I've managed to sustain my recovery. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I'm doing now, because I am confident, and I have the evidence now that we've been doing it for a while, that one week for somebody who's motivated to do the work and make the change and commit to aftercare, you know, you've got to spend at least 10 minutes a day on your program, right? We create the program together, we pivot if something's not working for you. Um, You know, the models of recovery that I use, not only CBT, but REBT, Rational Emotive Behavioral Therapy, Uh, DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy. No shortage of acronyms that we can pull from the ether recovery, right? ACT Mm -hmm. is acceptance commitment therapy. MET, motivational enhancement therapy. MBSR, mindfulness-based stress reduction. I've got all the acronyms, and we can try all of them. We've got a week together. And I am confident it is life transformational.
1: So... If I understand what you're saying, is in the in the accepted model, you have a group of people who share space, so there's no time for you to sit alone quietly and reflect, do whatever you. No, you're
0: sharing a room. Yeah. Um, Now there are some private pay options.
1: Yeah, but you get limited time as well with the facilitator. Should we say?
0: Very limited, from my understanding.
1: So basically you're you're sharing your problems with a group of people and the solution is for a group of people rather than an individual. Right. And as I understand it, most people who have a, a problem with an addiction, the addiction... Maybe the same as the addiction, as in the substance they're using or the behavior they're going through as someone else. But the way it affects them, the way it interacts with them is different for everyone.
0: Absolutely, everybody's different. And somebody going into a group meeting who is challenged with anorexia or bulimia is not going to relate to somebody who's there for an opioid addiction or an alcohol addiction. Even though, arguably, I can say with great conviction that an addiction is an addiction is an addiction. It doesn't matter what the addiction is, but to the person with the addiction, it does matter, which is why we've seen 12-step groups splinter into Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, right? We've got all these different groups to serve these specific people who want to be specific in their addictions. There's nothing wrong with that. We're all different animals. We all have different addictions and we're all gonna have different recovery paths. The key is to find what works for you and to keep doing it. So like Dr. David Burns, one of my favorite guys, he says, uh, not only can I cure most people of addiction and other mental health disorders that don't require a major MAT, medically assisted treatment, two hours. And I can help people recover from just about any mental health disorder. and. If 10 minutes a day is all it takes for anybody to do an aftercare program to sustain their recovery and health. 10 minutes a day. Who do does 10 minutes a day uh, to invest in themselves?
1: Do you think you can be cured in the way that people think of cure? As in, you know, you go into a hospital for, I don't know, um, a, a skin disorder They do some tests. They give you some creams or give you some antibiotics or a shot, and the rash clears up and you're released because you've been cured.
0: Hmm.
1: You think "cure" is the right word for addiction because you can never drink again.
0: Correct. I can never drink alcohol again. Um, I can. Are you you cured? I have to be very careful, even if I'm prescribed painkillers for anything, you know, I try to avoid that at any cost. Um, and is that, is that a, that's a, we have to turn a FOMO, the fear of missing out into a JOMO, the joy of moving on. Um, do we look at cure? And again, language is subjective. It's how it's working for you. How's it making you feel? For me, I don't, I don't look at the cure thing. I look at how I want to live my life. I don't think am I cured? I actually, I shouldn't even say that. I used to think I was cured after a year or two in 12-step programs and thought I could have that one glass of wine with dinner, (laughs) right? Giving me more evidence that it's not going to be part of my wheelhouse. It's not part of my reality. I need to accept that, which is why I like the cognitive therapies of the three acceptance pieces, the USA, unconditional self-acceptance, UOA, unconditional other acceptance, it's the biggie. And ULA, unconditional life acceptance. We've got to reach a point of unconditional acceptance around ourselves, others, and life. That, that took me a while.
1: I think it takes everyone a while mm-hmm. to realize that.
0: I well, been- highly recommend people go to uh, smartrecovery.org and look at the website there and then uh, check out the toolbox section under resources and then go to YouTube and look for Smart Recovery USA. They have a great YouTube channel, tips and tools for recovery that works. It's one of my favorite resources. Uh, Ted does an excellent job of uh, presenting cognitive therapy. And I mean, I've been watching these videos on a regular basis for four years. What I love about them is that they are short to go with my short attention span and they contain a lot of valuable information. They are brilliantly done. So go to the Smart Recovery YouTube channel and sign up for tips and tools for recovery that works. If you just invest 10 minutes a day on your recovery, you will sustain your recovery from any addiction.
1: Well, as, as we well know, the, the problem with most things is keeping motivated
0: Absolutely. Everyone
1: signs up for the gym in January. Yep. At the end of January, no one's going because the motivation is lost.
0: Mm-hmm. Maintaining so- motivation. I've got um, an online course dealing with just that. You can take a look at that as well on our website, redroofrecovery.com. There's a maintaining motivation course. There's a free lesson you can take a look at uh, because that is uh, one of the other crucial components to a plan of recovery is maintaining motivation. And well, part guess. of that is working working on those deeper questions, something mm-hmm. I never wanted to do. That's why I self-medicated them away.
1: <laughs> well, I think, you know, as Dr. Gerstein said, like, you yeah, it is the one thing that is the key to success in, in anything, in any walk of life.
0: Yes, and keep in mind, we have our own internal pharmacy, right? We can generate Uh, Those dopamine levels, the serotonin levels, the endorphins, we can do that naturally doing things like um, exercise, eating good food, uh, meditating, uh, being close to our children and pets, uh, listening to good music, being around uh, nice scents, uh, being out in nature, just going for a walk in nature. We can activate all of these healthy chemicals. We've got an internal feel-good pharmacy.
1: Do you think it's also in, important to realize that everyone feels bad at some times
0: for and
1: sure. sadness and grief and despair? Learning be- see-
0: yeah, learning to sit with that, that discomfort. Absolutely. Thank you, my darling Lancelot. You are
1: mine. The,
0: the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> Thank you all for being here with us, spending 30 minutes of your day with us you are an integral part of my recovery journey from drug and alcohol addictions. Thank you so much for being here. A little self-promotion. Lance and I are going to the Waterloo region of Ontario at the end of August for the book fair on the 31st of August, 2022 from five until 9 PM. I hope to see you there because I'll have my two books, the philosopher dad series, mindful wisdom from my philosopher dad and daily wisdom from my philosopher dad. It's a, the legacy I wanted to leave for my father. He was an extraordinary man bringing up me as a single parent while dealing with his own addictions. And uh, he just, uh, he, he was my best friend. I miss him every day. So thanks so much for being here. Remember to talk to yourself like you talk to your best friend. And there is great power in knowing that the only thing we can control in our life is ourselves. May the force be with you. And remember, you are the force. Thanks for being here, everybody.